You're listening to Hardscape Growth, a podcast for business leaders in the trenches. From pavers to profits, we're focused on the topics that help hardscape professionals find success and level up. Let's get into the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Hardscape Growth Show. I'm your host, Alex from TechoBlock, and today we're joined by Kevin Moore from Carroll Landscaping Incorporated. They're in Marriott'sville, Maryland, and today we're going to talk about project management, specifically as it pertains to the reality that we find ourselves in right now in the uh, current marketplace with uh, material shortages left, right, and center. How do we tackle this challenge? Kevin, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. Alex, thank you for having me. It's great to see you as always. And uh, it's great to have an opportunity to talk about this particular subject. So, you know, there's some misconceptions in the first place about management or ownership and certainly about project management. The fact is, if you're the pro, let's, let's stick to project management though. Sure. If you're the project manager, okay, the crew, the foreman, your supply buyer, the people who are quote unquote under your command, they don't work for you. You work for them. And I think that's one of the things that people really, really misunderstand is they get promoted or they grow their business to a certain point and they feel like they're a step above the -hmm. other people that are working for them. Where in reality, it's your job or it's my job specifically to facilitate these projects and to make sure they go smoothly. So, so what does that look like? Okay, so so let's go with what it doesn't look like first. Okay, okay. Right, so and this goes, we're going back a long time. I've been in this industry. We'll just stick with over thirty years and leave it at that. <laughs> but uh, we're not going to. I've been before, long before the word hardscaper was ever invented. I was mm. in this industry. So what a project manager should never be doing is be actively putting out fires all day. Project managers are not firefighters. We want to be proactive, not reactive. And and how do we do that? I mean, that's the real question because I've seen so many people in production management, project management, even just, you know, just managing a small business, you know, uh, two guys, three guys out there working. And it's all they're doing is pulling out fires. All they're doing is running Mm -hmm. back to get that extra yard of, CR6. All they're doing is running back to get that extra two layers of pavers that they need instead of being proactive and having a really good game plan from the start. So if you don't have a good game plan, it's impossible to succeed in this industry. So before we uh, we explore that, that point a mm-hmm. little bit further, mm-hmm. Kevin, like you said, you've been in the industry for over three decades. What does your experience look like Paint us a little picture of the the journey that's brought you to the point where you can confidently sit here on a mic and talk about project management, and we should all trust what you're saying. So my journey <laughs> has been interesting. I mean, I started while I was in while I was in college. I yeah. started working for a friend of mine who had what was then a basically a lawn mowing slash planting and maintenance company. Okay. That transitioned into me striking out on my own for a period of time, about 12 years. And to be honest, I did not do a great job. I made a lot of mistakes 
And I, so there's, there's a saying, you know, a, a smart man learns from his own mistakes. A wise man learns from the mistakes of others. A fool learns from neither. I was a fool well into my early to mid thirties. Okay. So that's just the truth. From there, I went to work for another uh, relatively large local company where I was able to see how a business should be run. I went on to do a great deal of continuing education beyond just beyond just the four-year college and take some very industry-specific courses, both in project management, the certified landscape technician, certified professional horticulturalist. Of course, more recently, ICPI, NCMA. We were talking about my NCMA experience a little earlier before before that started. But, you know, I have managed multi-million dollar projects. I have uh, landscape projects, landscape slash hard price projects. I've managed between six and eight crews uh, simultaneously trying to facilitate that split out between basically, geez, a very large service area. Now with Carol Landscaping, I'm the vice president, chief operating officer. Basically, I oversee operations, sales, and project management. And what I what I've done in my current role for the last 15 years is try to narrow down on these mistakes, try to get more educated, try to learn more and to not be the fool, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. learn from the mistakes of others, learn to ask questions, learn to take my ego and put it aside. If you're a guy or gal, have you, and you have $300,000 a year business, and you're driving around in an eighty dollars $80, pickup truck with a six-foot bed, there's something very wrong with your thought process as to what you're doing. We don't need to drive our egos around. You know, that, that's you see a lot of people investing in things that may seem really flashy and look good, but in reality are just bad investments. If you do, let's just say, two patios a month, And the rest of the time you're doing, whether it's mowing or plowing or maintenance, depending on where you are, and you go out and you buy a brand brand new, let's just throw, I'm trying to keep the brands out of here, a brand new skid steer, okay? You go out and buy a brand new skid steer. Why are you buying a brand new skid steer? You have to treat a piece of equipment like an employee. Are you going to pay an employee full time who only works 12 hours a month? And that's the question. You know, are, are you properly managing your time? Are you properly managing the assets? Are you making the right decisions? And if you're not, learn from your mistakes. So what you're describing there is a very uh, pragmatic approach to, to looking at, at the business. It's just very, what's it doing? Is it doing what it needs to do? Is that working for our needs? If yes, continue. If no, stop. Right. So having that approach to business has mm-hmm. brought you to the point where you're in the driver's seat for everything. Basically, revenue and operations associated, mm-hmm. the sales side and the true ops and the bridge in between, which is the project management that ensures that the project actually meets the client's expectations, meets the contract requirements, but also meets the operational needs of the business. Is that Correct. a fair way yeah, to put it? That's a very fair way to put it. And that seems like a lot of hats to wear mm-hmm. and it can be, but I'll tell you how I do that. And, and this is going to be, this is very high tech. So any of you guys who aren't high tech, just hold on to your hats. Okay. 
See that? It's a clipboard. clipboard. You see that? That's a weathered clipboard. That's a clipboard that's over 20 yeah. years old. Okay. It, I, you know, this, this is my clipboard. There are many clipboards like it, but this one is mine, right? <laughs> <laughs> little full metal jacket. Got yeah. Seriously. I am a, I am an avid list maker. I'm an avid note taker. When I, okay, let's use, let's use Teco Block as an example. So mm -hmm. I placed three orders with our local distributor today. Okay. When I emailed those orders in, and now even though those are on emails, I have notes of whom I emailed it to, whom I copied, what time I sent the email, what job I ordered it for, when it's getting delivered. Okay. Now we have lots of trucks and trailers, but we utilize the heck out of the delivery services because why am I going to put a driver in a truck with potentially two or three other employees mm -hmm. and send them to go pick up pallets of pavers when I can get that, those pallets of pavers delivered for next, I mean, next to nothing compared to what it's not just what you're paying people by the hour to send them someplace to go and wait to get loaded and come back. It's the lost revenue. It's, it's that loss. It's the opportunity. You know, it's the opportunity. What could exactly. have happened exactly. had this person been here right. instead of driving out there. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So I like what, what you just said about the, the breaking down of your order though, like your order process, you, you know exactly what you ordered with whom, when, for what project, when it's coming in, when it's being delivered, how it's being delivered. You, you've, you've taken note of all that. What do you do with those notes after? Because if, if you're in your position, you have quite a few I, people within the organization that need that yes. information, right? Absolutely. So what do you do? Absolutely. So those notes get, they get disseminated to people as needed. Okay. I keep these notes. Once they're completed, they go in a folder. They go in a folder in my office that anyone is welcome to walk into at any time and open up and look at. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I make copies of those notes and I make copies of those notes and I share them with other key people within the organization. And I so, expect them to do the same with me. You know, the communication, okay. communication is key, but relying on your memory is a really, really slippery slope, especially mm -hmm. if you've been <laughs> doing this for, you know, a little while, your memory may not be as good as it used to be, yeah. uh, but well, at a certain yeah. point projects start to roll into each other too in your head. They do. They absolutely do. Yeah. And, and trying to rely on my memory is something that I needed to learn to not do a long time ago in order to succeed. So what does that look like? You like you got the uh, very experienced clipboard with you. Mm -hmm. You said you're an avid list maker, an avid yes. note taker. You gave us yes. an example of the notes that you take mm -hmm. with regards to ordering. What are some other examples for, for somebody who's kind of, I don't want to, I don't want to say, flying by the seat of their pants, but you know, they're listening to this and they, they're recognizing, you know what I do, I do really rely on my memory probably a bit more than I need to. And I probably should communicate with my team a little bit more than I do, but because everything is in your head, it doesn't get out and it can get messed around when you, when you're under pressure. So What's your approach to, I guess, to, to communicating this stuff and what do those notes and lists look like? So, I mean, that, that's a multifaceted question, but so, so let me, we let me time. go, let me go with this. Okay. Let's, let's yeah. start here because I yeah. think this is really important and this is something that I learned. I couldn't tell you when I learned this, but this was more recent within the last 10 years, let's say. Mm. So my notes 
let's let's call it my game plan for today. Okay. Okay. So my daily game plan, I have a number of things that I need to accomplish that I know that need to be accomplished at least the day before, if not weeks prior. Right. I know that Tuesday I needed to do this, 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 and this. And there are some things on there. And I really do think everyone can relate to this, regardless of their industry. There are things on that list that I am looking forward to doing. There are things on that list that I am not looking forward to doing. Mm -hmm. The things that I am not looking forward to doing go to the top of the list. They get done first. Once the things I'm not looking forward to doing get the little check mark next to them, I don't cross things off because then I can't read it anymore. I put a little yep. check. Well, I can barely read my handwriting anyway, but that's that's neither here nor there. Yeah. But you know, once those things I'm not looking forward to get knocked out, my day opens up and I have a much better attitude. I'm much more positive. And it takes a lot of the anxiety and stress out of the day because the things I wasn't mm-hmm. looking forward to doing are gone. Procrastination is the best way to make something that really isn't that big of a deal into a huge deal it's in your head. Massive deal. Yeah. It, it really can happen that way. And, and that's like the yeah. simplest way to do that, to get get that stuff out of the way. If you don't want to deal that with it, get it out of the of, way. Uh, yeah, that technique of getting the, the toughest stuff, the most pain in the butt stuff done first. Is that mm-hmm. something you, you learned over time or something you learned more explicitly through a course or reading a book or something like that? Because it's reminding me of something, but I want to know where, where it came from for you. I honestly don't know. I, I'm going to yeah. say I probably learned it over time. I'm sure I learned it from someone else. I, I've, I've had absolutely no good original thoughts in my life. <laughs> Let me put it that way. <laughs> Every original thought that I've had in my life has been a terrible idea. Okay. So, but I have been fortunate enough to be, you know, available to absorb some really good ideas over time. Yeah. The, it's making me think of a book that uh, Paver Pete gave me, oh, geez, over a decade ago, but mm-hmm. uh, it's called Eat That Frog. I know the show is still not sponsored by any book publishers, <laughs> but we seem <laughs> to bring up a book every couple episodes. Gotcha. So this one's by Brian Tracy. Mm-hmm. It's like 15 bucks, 16 bucks. It's a good book just Oops. on exactly that, stopping procrastinating and getting more things done in less time. But regardless of whether or not it was learned in a book or in a course or, or what have you, the key is your approach is just get the big, ugly ugh, thing out of the way, get that done, freeze up the rest of the day, not because it lessens the workload, it lessens your anxiety and your stress. So you can, you can tackle those things a little bit more uh, productively. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. In terms of that daily game plan, mm-hmm. you mentioned that you know there's things that, that probably should be established days, if not weeks in advance, mm-hmm. at what point do you do that daily preparation? Is that something that you wake up in the morning and you you, you hit that no. list or it's a no. list you prepare the night before? Always prepared at least the night before. Yeah. Okay. There are things now having pre-scheduled meet. See, this is kind of a, this is, it, this isn't a broad question, but I, I realize this is a broad audience and we're talking to people who may have 300 employees. We may talk to people who have one part-time employee. I, I don't right. know that it matters. If, there are things that need to be communicated. They need to be communicated at a set time every week, at mm. least once. Okay. So let's say you are the sales manager. Okay. okay. You need to have a sales meeting every week. Okay. That's okay. period. And you need to have a sales meeting where you're tracking where your leads are coming from, whether they're referrals, whether they're, I'm not going to 
bring up anything. Well, you know, whether they're internet based, straight from the website, oh, yeah, yeah. wherever you get it, you, you need to have all this stuff tracked the same way. Like if you don't have, if you're in business and you don't have a good accountant and a good soft software program and a good grasp of your profit and loss, you're not in business. You're going out of business. You just don't realize it yet. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's the same mm -hmm. thing with sales. If you don't know where you're winning and where you're losing, there's no way and why, and why there's no yeah. way to, to change course. And the same goes for project management. I mean, if you go and you see, okay, the biggest problem we're having, so, okay, I, I, I'm going to bring up COVID. I can't help yeah, it. It's I, what we're all we're living still through. In it, man. We're, it we're stinks. Not, it's, not it's not going anywhere. Right. The biggest problem everyone's having is getting materials. Period. Mm -hmm. I mean, and this is now, now we, we have a couple different divisions of our company, as you know. So we deal with a lot of different types of materials, a lot of different manufacturers of materials. We are techo pros. And I'm going to say that not because I'm on the podcast, but if it's paper, you know, retaining wall, you know, segmental retaining walls and we're installing it, it's techo block. That's been the case since Paver Pete was my rep. <laughs> that was a long so time ago. It, Well, it was. But yeah. we're all still here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But you know, so, but with with the raw material manufacturers, you know, declaring force majeure and running the prices through the roof, and the mm -hmm. shipping not coming in, and the trucking not running, and borders being closed, and all this stuff, how do we even deal with that? You know, well, don't procrastinate. So, like in Maryland, for example, we have a set period of time after a client signs a contract that they can have a right of rescission from that. Okay. Once that rate of rescission is over, we order that material. I don't care if the job is five or six months out. I mean, I've got stuff sitting at York Building Products, which is one of our techo distributors, that's been on hold that we ordered four or five months ago because we're very backlog. But it's there. I know for a fact we can't get it if I order it today. Because a lot of stuff, mm -hmm. and it's not just tech. I mean, I'm not pointing fingers or impugning. No, anyone, no, it's, it's everything. You know, you know, yeah, but it's true as well as I do. There's stuff you guys aren't going to start making till December again. That mm -hmm. is an absolute staple. So if I didn't have this stuff ordered in April when I sold it in April, or when it was sold in April, depending, I wouldn't have it. And if you don't have the material, you can't do the job. And if you don't do so the job, ask, you can't bring money in. <laughs> it's pretty well, simple. It. Yeah. So, so let me ask yeah. you a question because that 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 seems like an obvious solution, but it's not necessarily the easiest thing in practice. So how do you like what what are the steps involved at your company to make sure that I've signed the contract, we've passed that period during mm -hmm. which the client could back out of the contract. Mm -hmm. Now we're locked in. It is entirely justifiable for me to order the material. But to order the material Mm -hmm. in advance. If it's sitting at the dealer's yard, that means that the dealer had to order it from the manufacturer. Mm -hmm. If the dealer had to do so, they have to pay their invoices within 30 days. So mm -hmm. do you have special arrangements that you've negotiated? Or is it part of your contract with the client to make sure that you have the, the, the liquidity to be able to pay for that material or a portion of it in advance to be able to sustain the inventory level that's being held at your dealer? So the answer is yes. <laughs> that sounds like a weird answer, but that's <laughs> yeah, actually yes, the definitely. answer. So yeah, yeah, basically, I mean, it, depending on the dealer and I mean, I don't want to go into any specific arrangements that we have. We don't need, yeah, we don't need to get into special terms and conditions, but just in general. Terms. You know, we also, 
this is a great segue into something else I want to talk about as well. But but this is this is a great question. You know, we have very good relationships with our suppliers. Okay, we have we've weathered a lot of storms. So COVID is the storm that we're weathering now. Okay. Mm-hmm. The thing that's different about COVID from past recessions is that our business has boomed through COVID, at least yeah. in g- generally speaking. And I think the industry as a whole has boomed through COVID. That wasn't true when the housing bubble burst, you know, in the United States in 2008, 2009, getting mm-hmm. into 2010, you know, we were actively hiring. We were actively working. We were actively paying our bills. Paying your bills on time is really important. I know that sounds like, I wow, I can't believe this idiot's sitting here telling me I need to pay my bills on time. But when you have a good relationship, both financial and personally with personal. your, yeah, personally, they know Carol Landscaping pays their bills. They know we're good. Like, okay, they, they're gonna wanna take care of us before someone else. Generally speaking, when I call one of the many different manufacturers that we deal with across the different services that we provide, when I call one of their reps, they generally answer the phone for me. They may answer the phone and say, hey, Kevin, buddy, I'm in the meeting. Can I call you back? Are you good? Everything okay? But they'll answer the phone for me because I have developed a personal relationship with these people. Mm-hmm. And that's incredibly important is developing those relationships with your suppliers, both for things like you're talking about, like maybe securing material early, but more impo- but I think even more importantly, having that go-to when you're not sure, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, too many people, how, how many, well, I don't even know how many Teco showcases, how many Teco showcases have there been? I've been to them, right? Yeah. I mean, basically there's years. the answer. Yeah, okay, yep. really? Wow, okay. Yeah, yeah, so I've been to them. I don't think I've ever missed one. And I don't the, think- so ever yeah. since I met you, I've seen you at one I, year. So yeah, yeah, pretty much. I've, I've always gone. And you guys always pound, you know, are pounding the, you know, build a relationship with your dealer. Dealer, Your techo rep will come out. He'll bring out, come to the job site. He'll do on-site training, you know, whatever it is. But mm-hmm. the fact is, and I know this from talking to, I mean, you and Pete, obviously, but also, you know, the the reps who who are out there in the field. There really aren't that many contractors who take advantage of that. You know, a lot of them come, they eat the free food, and then you don't see them again until the following year. And it's like, instead of taking that time to make themselves stand out, not just making yourself stand out with the client is great, but make yourself stand out with, you know, with your distributors and your manufacturers too. It makes a difference. Mm. No, it's very true. And and if I can say just... I'm saying this just to help to help everybody. So I don't want anyone to take offense or anything, but I, I really believe it's true. I've been to our showcases for 15 straight years. I'm part of the creation team behind them. I've hosted a bunch of them, been the presenter and all this stuff. But there are companies that that come to these events, whether whether it's our events or trade shows or anything, but they have a presence. They show up. They're clean. They're all in their uniform. They're professional. They're polite. They're shaking hands with people. They're networking. They're exchanging business cards. They're creating that that network that's so important. And this is what you're talking about. Knowing the different dealers in your area and creating strong relationships with them. Knowing your local reps for different products and creating relationships with them. 
knowing the different contractors that operate in your area and creating relationships with them. How many times would it have been helpful for you this year had you known 10 other contractors that also use the same products as you? If you're in a shortage, you're missing two, three pieces of coping to finish a pool job, let's say, or, or finish a wall or whatever. Maybe the dealer doesn't have them. And maybe one of these 10 other guys that use the exact same products as you every day happens to have it. These are favors that you don't plan to, call, to, to, to use them. But if you have the relationships, you're in a better position than the person who doesn't. Oh, definitely. There's no doubt about it. And, and just there's so many different facets of building these relationships is important. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a whole that really could be a whole mother show. It really yeah. could. You know? It really so, could. So, yeah. so let's let's come back to the the mm -hmm. relationship with the dealer and, and and what that looks like. So, as you sign the contracts, they pass that mm -hmm. period. Mm -hmm. You're placing the orders. Mm -hmm. You're following your process. Well, who did I place the order with? What did I order? When did mm -hmm. I order it? When's it going to be available? Blah 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 blah. Mm -hmm. You make copies. You circulate those copies across the different members of your team with mm -hmm. regularity, always the same time every week. So this is the thing we're talking about. This is the thing we're doing. These are the things that you need to know. Mm -hmm. What else happens that, that keeps the train of moving at uh, Carol Landscaping Incorporated? Showing up before everybody else to begin with, you know, maybe not before everybody, but one of, being one of the first guys in there, you know, I mean, I, do, I technically don't have to be in there at any specific time. I don't punch a clock. But I'm always one of the first guys in there, if not the first guy in there. I'm why there to so make sure. To why that's important to me is it shows everybody else a commitment from me to be there, to be there to answer questions, to be there to be helpful, you know, to not just give lip service to this side, this concept that we talked about earlier, that I work for them, they don't work for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's why that's important. It also allows me to be proactive instead of reactive, because okay. as much as we give all our guys company cell phones and we ask them to make sure that they call and check in with us if something's missing or if they're not sure about something, that doesn't always happen. A lot of times, a lot more information is going to get disseminated face to face in a two minute conversation than it's going to get over a phone call or a text. Isn't that the truth? Absolutely. It sounds like a perfect opportunity to use checklists. Are those an important part? You said you're an avid list maker. Does that I include am. checklists? Yes. Yes, absolutely. So that I have lists. I have <laughs> lists. lists. Of lists. I have notes on my lists. I have notes of my lists of my notes. Yeah, I, I'm. Yeah, I, anything, anything that is going to make me more efficient and less likely to fall behind on something, mm -hmm. I'm going to try and take advantage. It doesn't have to be on paper. I mean, like I held up the clipboard and that wasn't just like a stunt. I mean, that obviously that's my clipboard. You can see that is the well second used. part of yeah. today's list, a very well used clipboard. And I, I just, I, I like my clipboard. Okay. So mm -hmm. that's all there is to it. Google calendar. Mm -hmm. Okay. Why not put things in your Google Calendar as reminders or reminders this is in what's your happening phone? Today. This is yeah, what's happening I mean, tomorrow. it doesn't have to yep. be on paper. I just personally prefer to put it on paper. But if you have, I mean, if you have a smartphone, which I think everyone in the universe has a smartphone pretty much, open it up to the notes section and make your notes in there yeah. if you prefer to do it that way. It doesn't yeah. really matter as long as the effort is put in and they're accurate. 
That's the thing. Don't look at your list at the end of the day and say, yeah, that's three things I didn't do. I'll remember to do them tomorrow. Tear the sheet of paper off, put it in your folder. And uh, no, it doesn't work yeah. like that. Yeah, that, that list that has to be to carry over uncompleted tasks yeah, over continuity. Continuity. And that's why it's important to prepare the night before. Yes. Because the things that didn't get done today will mm -hmm. spill over into tomorrow, but they will bump other things for tomorrow. Yes. And that's mm -hmm. part of that being proactive. If you were mm -hmm. supposed to get your delivery of, I don't know, let's say the excavation was happening today mm -hmm. and we were supposed to get the geotextile in by the end of the day, but it's not in. And we're going to do that tomorrow morning, but mm -hmm. that delivery is delayed. The following delivery is all my aggregate. Mm -hmm. I should call ahead and try to reschedule that aggregate delivery so we don't have to dump it in the street and then pick it up and then come dump it in the in the excavated area mm -hmm. if I can prevent it. And that's just one example of the benefit of, of preparing the night before yeah. when you can. Well, and if you if you are doing what you said and, and they are deliveries, like not necessarily deliveries it, it within the company, but outsource deliveries from the mm -hmm. quarries, from you know your, your different suppliers it's even more important to make sure all these things are in place because if you got you know 22 and a half tons of cr6 sitting in the middle of the road somewhere and you're not done your excavation yet and you can't get your trucks in and out you're it's not making a real good imp you're not real making a real good impression on the neighborhood or your client yeah or your 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 pocketbook at the end because you're you're not as efficient you're burning labor hours for correct really because you weren't you, were, you weren't staying ahead of it exactly Exactly. And then you got to go out there and try and get a truck routed, try and run someone out. You're, you're be again, then you're putting out, try to put out a fire as opposed to preventing. Mm -hmm. Yep. Okay. So can we do a little, a uh, little uh, exercise here? Sure. So let's say I'm a, I'm a relatively new contractor. I'm mm -hmm. hearing what you're saying. Totally makes sense. I've heard it many times before. I've thought about it many times. How do I get started doing this to be able to actually make it work? Like what, what are the, 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 the no brainer, easy kills that I, I should focus on first? The game plan, the list. And I know that this, that's, that's also a broad answer, but. No, but let, let's, let's talk about it and let's work through do it. Do it every day. Okay. Because things, and I don't know, you probably got another book to hold up because you're very prepared. I don't have a book for this <laughs> to hold up because this is going out of my brain, but okay. Yeah. I'm putting you on the spot. I, I know. It, but it's let's, like, let's, no, let's that's, that's okay. Well, that's why I'm here. Yeah. So it, what do they say? It takes three weeks for something to become a habit. 21 is days. That, yeah. 21 days. Okay. Yeah. That's what I, that's what I thought it was. Okay. So make sure that you're making a list every day, including Saturday and Sunday for 21 days. Once you've done that, you will get better at it and you'll refine your list. Okay. Mm -hmm. I personally would recommend to start with the Google calendar, to start with that sort of, of a situation because it has it's reminders. It'll, it'll help you. It's going to mm -hmm. pop up on your phone and it's going to tell you, Hey, you're supposed to do this. You're supposed to do that. If you're not disciplined in the area of actually setting up a good game plan for yourself yet, that's a great way to get started. It's just that simple calendar and the reminders that come with it. Mm -hmm. I like the other part that you, you mentioned in there that, that doesn't get enough uh, recognition and that is you will get better the more mm -hmm. often you do it. You, you can't start and this is the thing that, that I feel happens with a lot of a lot of people when they start some, I mean when they start something new period, forget mm -hmm. business or, or, mm -hmm. or construction or anything. It's you're not great at it off the bat and then you get no. discouraged and then you stop. 
And the key is really just have the discipline, stick it through and create those lists every night, prepare, double check it in the morning, run through the day, make sure it's working. At the end of the day, make sure that you do a better job than yesterday. And as long as you're getting it just a little bit better, 1% Mm -hmm. better than yesterday all the time, Mm -hmm. by the end of a year, you'll be 365 times better than you are now, which is pretty, pretty big. It is. It is. And the thing is, I mean, not everyone is cut out to run a business. Not everyone is cut. Fewer people are cut out to be self-employed. Mm. There are a lot more people who are self-unemployed than self-employed. That's a term that my uncle used to use, God, you yeah. know, God rest his soul. Mean? But okay, so if you go to work, if you realize that being self-employed means you're devoting, that is your number one priority is to building your business. Mm-hmm. You're devoting all your attention to building a client base, to asset management to all the different facets of running a business. And you realize you are going to have to work. If you think you're going to have to work 80 hours a week, you're probably going to have to work a hundred and you're willing to do that. That's what self-employment looks like. If you think it's working 20 hours a week and spending the rest of your time laying around at the bar, you will be self unemployed pretty quickly because you will not have any work. You will not do what you need to do to maintain your clients or to maintain your warranties a couple years down the line, and you will then be self-unemployed. So, you know, there's a lot of commitment that goes into this. There really is. For sure. But I mean, it is that. It's commitment and discipline and work ethic. That That's that's the backbone of, of entrepreneurship. And then the rest, mm-hmm. the rest are skills that you learn. But the, that, that, those other things, those are like, they're qualities. They're, they're, mm-hmm. They're, they're part of your, your personality and your attitude. They're not necessarily mm-hmm. skills, but they can True. be practiced. So mm-hmm. I guess you could kind of classify them as skills if we want to mm-hmm. split hairs. <laughs> so we have that list, creating a list every day. Mm-hmm. You come in early. You're mm-hmm. talking with your team when they mm-hmm. arrive. Mm-hmm. You said there's a lot more that gets exchanged in that two-minute face-to-face exchange than via text or via phone call or whatever. What does that discussion look like for you and your team in the morning? What's the plan for, what's your plan for the day to the specific So you ask them what their plan is? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Now, if they're starting a new project or something along the line, you know, either myself or, 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 you know, another manager is going to take them out to that new project, familiarize them with that design because we're, we're a design build firm. And I think that's Mm -hmm. important to say, I mean, we work off of designs that we generate in house. So we have, you know, staff, landscape, architect, designer, et cetera. So we, we, everything is very much there, you know? So if I'm not sure, like there's, and maybe this was important to say earlier, like if there's an X number square foot patio on a specific mm-hmm. job, it's really not that hard for us to order it because Dyna, we pull the dimensions off of Dynascape and order it from there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So we know, okay, well, here's the design, here's the layout. It's got no some questions. All right, it's, you know, six pallets of this, five layers of that, there you go. You know, whatever, but, you know, but, but if a job is in progress, it's, what do you need? What do we need today? Do you need additional material? Do you need an extra driver? Do you need an extra hand? You know, do you need any equipment out there? What can our supply buyer get for you? Things These along are all those things lines. that you could put on a list and you can ask those questions every day. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, what's the plan for today? Mm-hmm. What do you need materials? What do you need mm-hmm. equipment? What do you need? People, what do you need deliveries? Mm-hmm. What do you need other services, subcontractors, whatever? You can mm-hmm. create this list. Right. 
And Great. as the business grows and as you complete more and more complex projects, the list mm -hmm. will become more and more diversified in terms right. of items on it. But that's how you can make sure you're covering all your bases. Yeah, it absolutely is. And, you know, more importantly, you know, the, the best day I can have mm. from a project management standpoint is we got everything we need. We're all good. We're going to get done the day early. We're going to get done two days early. Hey, we got that patio laid. We're getting a pallet. We're getting a pallet today and the grading's getting completed. Oh man, we, we, we had, we thought you guys were going to be there for nine days. Nope. Five days. We're wrapping it up. That's a great day. Okay. Now that's not every day. Yeah. It's not. Okay. And if, if you think it's going to be, you're wrong. <laughs> it's like all there is to it. There's a lot of challenges, you know, but it's facilitate, but, but a lot of work goes into facilitating those wins, facilitating those days where everybody's getting done or most people are getting done ahead of schedule. Yeah. So we have that creating a list. We got a, a checklist that we run down. I'm making mm -hmm. a list as I'm going. Good. All right. <laughs> I, I like it. What else do we need to ensure that that better level of success in terms of being more proactive, improving communication, because those are the two keys so far that I've retained from this discussion about project management is super strong communication and super strong proactivity. That's a really good question. And it's a little bit harder to answer maybe. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think a lot of this does come through years of practice of knowing, learning what questions to ask learning how to get ahead of certain mistakes because you've made them before or get ahead of certain problems because mm -hmm. you've run into them before. I don't know that there's a list that I could give someone who doesn't have a certain amount of experience. It would be like, hey, here's your foolproof, here's your bulletproof. Now you don't have to worry about anything. Just do this. Yeah. You know, but but definitely basically the more organized, the more you you can never be too prepared. You just can't. There, there's no such thing as being too organized. You know, there just isn't. Now, here's the rub, though. Within your list and within your game plan for the day, especially as a project manager, you have to be very flexible because when someone does have a question or someone does have an issue who's on one of your projects, who's running one of your jobs, it doesn't matter if you're an hour away and you just got there if they need you, they need you. So sometimes you have to expedite doing what you were doing an hour away, turn around and drive all the way back there that, to address that specific issue. One of the things that I learned, though, was you have, you have to build a rapport and a trust with your crews. Because if you don't trust your crews, you wind up doing site visits all day on the same two job sites because you drive the job A. Then you drive the job B and you go, oh man, I know they're not going to do that right on job A and you drive back to job A and then you go, oh boy, I forgot to talk about, about that. Job. I've done that. <laughs> I've driven circles all day long and I didn't realize that that was because I hadn't taken the time to get that good rapport. I wasn't communicating efficiently and most of that driving back and forth was unnecessary. It was all based mm -hmm. on fear. It was all based on fear of something going wrong, you know, as opposed to being able to say, okay, here's where we are. I know these guys know what they're doing. I know, I know that, this is, that this is solid because every, my plan's in place. I think that that fear that you just described and that lack of, of rapport and trust, it's a two-way thing. 
Mm-hmm. Because if you felt the need to be driving, and, and I'm guilty of this too, and, and if I'm checking in on a team or something, it's it's the same thing. It's it's because, you know, there's this little seed of doubt deep inside of you. You're like, I don't know if I gave them everything that they need to be successful here. Mm-hmm. It, it's a lot of times it's that. And I think that it's important that we realize that too, because it's too easy to say, well, I don't trust them yet. Very often, it's it's not that they're not trustworthy. They're trustworthy. You don't trust the the situation that you've presented them with because they may not have everything that they need. And whether that means how you communicated or mm-hmm. the lists that you provided or the guidance that you provided or the checkpoints that you want them to be aware of, they, these are all key things that if you don't have that that process and that strong communication both ways, you can't build that trust. You may trust them as people, but you may not trust the execution. And that's not necessarily always a reflection of their abilities. Sometimes it's it's how you set them up. Mm-hmm. And just listening to you and, and putting myself in those shoes and, and reliving moments in my own career where you find yourself just driving back and forth. Oh, okay, well, let's go see how this is going now. The more I, I'm listening to you and I'm thinking back on, on my own experiences, I'm realizing like I'm as guilty of, of the problem as they may be. That's an important one. And that's why that preparation the night before. And that's why having the discipline to create the list. And that's why having the discipline to have those daily check-ins every morning are so important because you get on the same page and you all know what the plan is. You all agree to what the plan is. And it's easier to adapt to those situations that inevitably come up because we all know what we're trying to accomplish in the end. No doubt. No doubt. Well put. I love it. This is super cool. Yeah, I just agree with you. That was uh, it was a good good synopsis on that. And I think yeah, I, I, there, there's just there's a lot to this. There really mm-hmm. is. This isn't a simple thing, you know. And and the I guess another another point I kind of wanted to hit here with you, Alex, while we were doing this. And I think you, we we need to learn to play to our strengths, right? There's an old old saying, and I don't know who said it, but it wasn't me. It was as I said before. You're was, about to say it now. Yeah, but I'm saying yeah, exactly. You know, you, you, you never you never want to negotiate from a position of weakness, mm-hmm. right? You never want to negotiate, and that that's a very broad statement. But you, you know, you want to play to your strengths. You know, if if you're because I think you you sent me over some kind of sample questions and stuff, and I looked at them. It was you were like, oh well, what's one of the you know what's I think one of them was what's you know one of the broad misconceptions about our industry, mm-hmm. you know, and and it's that anybody with a lawnmower and a pickup truck is a landscaper or a hardscaper. Right. You know? And that's no more true than everybody with a power drill is a dentist. You know, it's just <laughs> not, I mean, it's not, that's, that's idiotic. That's, that's yeah. ridiculous. But so, but, but we need to continue. And this is a big uphill battle in our industry. It has Absolutely. been for years. We need mm-hmm. to continue to, to educate people that look, we are from, from the landscape hardscape side. Okay. This is a discipline, okay? You know, this is no less discipline than a master electrician or a master carpenter or, a, you know, a master stonemason, etc., master plumber. This is a very, very specific skill set that can take years to perfect, years and years and years to perfect. And unless we have that knowledge to impart to our clients and we have that, those abilities on our team, we really need to do something else. You know, so if you're if you're in this business and you're mowing lawns three days a week and there's nothing wrong with mowing lawns, I don't mow lawns. I don't mow my own lawn. 
I'll never mow my lawn again. I love the guy who mows my lawn. He's awesome. I don't have to screw with it. I wish I could get somebody to clean it's up a after the dogs. That provides value. Actually, I think I found somebody who will clean up after my dogs too. There so, that, is a, yeah. so yeah, I may actually only have to just come home and then stay in the house and then only go outside for work, which sounds no, horrible, no. but well, I mean, it might be interesting, but you know, it's like, you know, at a certain point we need to, to play to our strengths. You know, if as for us, okay, going back to 2008, I believe, Okay, I'm just, I'm pulling a number out, but I'm pretty yeah. sure that's right. You know, we were still handling a lot of snow plowing, maintenance stuff. We were scared to make that jump to just being a true design build company. And it was all about the cash flow, cash flow, we need the cash flow, we need the cash flow. And we realized what we were doing was we were rotating money with that cash flow. We weren't actually making money by mowing lawns. We weren't making money by doing these other things. We were actually taking time away from actually doing the things that made us money. So we had to take that jump and play to our strengths. And we've been very fortunate and successful and able to do that. You know, And one of the ways that we were able to do that was to quite simply make sure that we knew everything there was to know about the products that we were installing, about the methods to be able to explain those methods and why, you know, to the specific clients, you know, to actually give, to make us be the people who were in the minds of the client, the expert, mm -hmm. you know. You wanted to walk the walk also. Exactly. Taking courses, reading yes. the manuals. Yes. Attending the events. Listening to this products. podcast, going yeah. to the Teco uh, seminars, you know, doing, I mean, literally, I'm not yeah. just, just just fooling around. Yeah, these things are important. Always be learning, always remain teachable, you know, and always, you know, just make, make sure you're, make, make sure you're growing, you know, nothing coasts uphill, right? That's true. I want to come back to the material aspect because yeah. that is the, the, the big challenge now, you could say the labor challenge that we face is also in part improved with strong project management, but the labor one is the one we wanted to talk about today because it is the, the most painful and the most recent one. Labor has mm -hmm. been a challenge for the better part of a decade. Material has not. Mm -hmm. And the reality is the material challenges are not going to go away next year no. for, for any building materials. This isn't Correct. tackle block talking. This is everything. Mm -hmm. Everyone I speak to in mm -hmm. every segment of building materials, from mm -hmm. hardscapes to masonry to roof shingles to doors and windows to plumbing fixtures, everyone's in the same boat. Correct. So what are some practical tips like that can help me manage that situation better? We had earlier the, the, the simple step of just we have a signed contract. We know the materials take off. The contract is now official. It's good. Place the order. Is that the only thing that I can do? I'm actually going to step back, even a step back before we got to that place, the order, before we step back to the signing okay. contract. Okay. Because I think this is really important. Okay. Let's, let's talk about it. Manage, we need to manage expectations. Okay? okay. So we can never, and I mean, this is one mistake you, if once you've made it, you, this cannot be undone or it cannot be undone easily. When you overpromise and underdeliver, you have a project that the client is not happy with that will not generate you referrals or future business. Period. Even if the project is gorgeous 
And I'm not throwing pool companies under the bus, but you see this a lot with pool companies in our area. Do you like your pool? Yeah, I love my pool. The pool company was horrible. Well, really? Why were they horrible? Oh, they didn't call me back when they said they were going to. The subcontractors didn't show up on time. They didn't do this. They didn't do that. They didn't do that. Then you go to somebody else who has the exact same pool. Hey, how was your pool company? Oh, they were awesome. They communicated with me the whole time. How long did it take? Three months. It took, both projects took three months. Mm -hmm. There was no difference between the two projects other than the people's expectations were managed up front, the client, and communication was good. You know, so, so how, so, so how does this play into the labor? I'm sorry if I'm being a little circuitous about this, but it does well, play but, in. Okay. Look, so, this is the reality, man. We have to talk about it. So if somebody wants the job done by Labor Day, which mm -hmm. is Monday, <laughs> okay, <laughs> next Monday, uh, yep. that's not happening. Okay. No. I can get it done by next Labor Day. All right. When somebody asks me, are you going to be able to get this job done by so-and-so date? No. Probably not. You know, sometimes that has to be your opener now when you're talking to a client, when you're trying to manage someone's expectations. Say, listen, everything that you've heard about material shortages and trucking and deliveries and raw material and manufacturing, it's all worse than you don't. It's worse than you think it is. And this is reality for everyone. This is what we have to deal with. If you want your you want your project done, we will get take into consideration the date and time that you sign for this contract and that is where you go on the schedule board and we take care of you in order and it doesn't matter if you're a five thousand dollar project or a five hundred thousand dollar project that's how we do it and that is how we do it and people appreciate that people want to be told the truth people do not mm -hmm. want to be lied to and people don't necessarily like blunt honesty all the time but people do like to hear the truth and there are ways to deliver bad news tactically. Of course too. there are. Like it, you have to yeah. come at it from an angle of empathy, too. Like it, It's crappy news for them, and you know that. Mm -hmm. So it, you can soften the blow a little bit, but you sure. can't avoid the truth. Yeah, and that takes us right back to, the, to, to procrastination. Mm -hmm. If you would have gotten ahead of that and told them from the beginning, if possible, even before they signed the contract, what was going on, this would never even have been an issue. Well, there's that fear thing again. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. Oh, well, if I tell them bad news before we even sign, maybe they won't yeah. sign. With and I'm them. getting into sales. We're getting into sales. No, but whatever. But it's fine. Look, Who cares? It's all right. interrelated. It so, is. Oh, very much so. Very much so. So, so what's your stance on that? Because if I operate in that mindset of like, look, I, I, I got to sign these contracts. And even if I'm signing contracts for next year, like I did so much work with this client, I need to sign this deal. Mm -hmm. If I know that there are things that they need to know about product availability, about delays, about whatever, you're saying I need to tell them in advance before we even sign, look, it's possible that I know we're saying we're going to start on May 25th of 2022, but these are the different materials that all have variable delivery mm -hmm. dates, mm -hmm. and it is possible that we cannot start on that date. It is mm -hmm. possible it could be as much as a month, maybe even two months later. Mm -hmm. Is this is this how you would deliver it or would you say it differently? Yes and no. I okay. would say everything you just said, but I would continue that sentence directly afterwards with, here are the things that we are going to do 
that are going to allow us to try and get ahead of these potential issues that could push us further behind. There are things that can happen, a hurricane, whatever, another pandemic, God forbid, whatever it is. There are things that can happen that we all know now that are completely out of our control. That's, that's a fact of life. But this is what we are going to do to be proactive to ensure to the best of our ability that your project can get started and completed on time. And if I put my, my homeowner hat on, I do feel better. Yeah, I because do feel you, better you, knowing you know, that you are yeah. taking action to address it. it right. It's not like, well, there's nothing we can do. Yeah. And I mean, this is a line I use a lot. It's, I mean, it's, and it is a line, but it's not a line. When I'm, when I'm meeting a client, when I'm, when I'm in, in this, wearing my sales hat, so to speak, mm -hmm. when I'm looking at something, you know, I'm like, you know, I, I own a house too. I live in a house also. <laughs> you know what I mean? They kind of look at me. I'm they're like, yeah, I was like, yeah, you know, I'm a homeowner too. So yeah. keep that in mind. Yeah. You know, and like I, I understand that the, the, the yeah. frustration and that's why I'll do everything I possibly can right. to make sure that you don't have to suffer through this process of, mm -hmm. of this uncertainty and these, these unpredictable aspects of, of, mm -hmm. of a home renovation. That, that's just what it right. is outdoors right. or indoors. But I think it's really key though, because you are taking all the necessary steps. Mm -hmm. You're communicating those necessary steps to the client and at the end of the day, the rest is out of your control. But the things that are in your control, you're expressing how you're controlling them. Yeah. You can't really ask for more than that. I mean, to be fair, you can't. Like, what else do you want me to do? Well, but it's and it's also, I'm really glad you brought this up because it's, it's really important to put ourselves in our client's shoes. Mm -hmm. You know, th these aren't nameless, faceless. And then we're talking about, you know, res we're talking about residential clients specifically. We yeah. don't do a great deal of commercial work. I try and steer away from it personally, but I prefer working residentially. But the e either way, you know, I, I think it almost goes back to like our caveman days. If somebody comes into our cave and messes everything up, yeah. we're going to be pretty upset and we're going to be yeah. nervous about it. So when we go into somebody's backyard with you know, our skid steers and our excavators and we've got trucks everywhere and the, the job, people are going to be really nervous. Mm -hmm. That's a normal reaction. We've mm -hmm. disturbed their, their peaceful home. home. Exactly. Yeah. So we, we need to be very mindful of that. It's like, look, I know, and I say this to people pretty regularly, and this really is more the project manager saying lately. Look, I would be a nervous wreck if I was you right now too, if somebody was tearing my house apart. Mm -hmm. but understand that we're going to fix it. And here's what we're going to do. You never want to be afraid to share your game plan with the client. If there's something on your game plan that you don't want to share with the client, there's something really wrong. You're doing something wrong. And that's something that we need to take a look at ourselves. If we get into a situation where our list is showing stuff that we want to hide from other people, that's a whole different matter. You know, that should not be the case. It's, it's a combination of, empathy and transparency with the mm -hmm. client that gets you through these more difficult times mm -hmm. that empathy and transparency it does not exist without the communication aspect though correct and that communication is effective when you've put together the right plan mm -hmm. so it all ties together take the time beforehand build the right plan double mm -hmm. check that plan communicate that plan across the team Run mm -hmm. down the checklist. Does this plan make sense from all angles? Are we missing anything? Do you need anything? Once mm -hmm. all that's happening, then you're in a position to run through the day. And if something comes up, 
you're better prepared to tackle it with your team and you're better prepared to ex explain it to the client. And if you had the forethought and the transparency from the beginning to communicate to the client, these are the challenges that we're currently facing as an entire industry. These are the things that we're doing to overcome these challenges, but that does not make us immune. So this is the position that we find ourselves in. If you've done that at the beginning, when it does happen, because it will, the client is mentally prepared, emotionally prepared. You are too. And although it may be a very difficult situation, a difficult conversation to have, if you are applying that logic that you shared from your own personal experience of getting that big, ugly task out of the way first, the rest of the day is smooth sailing from there. And if there's one thing I can say, and, and this I can say with absolute surety from experience, mm -hmm. if I look at every salesman or salesperson or project manager, production manager that I have managed over the years who failed, not succeeded, who failed, they did not do or refused to do most of these things. It wasn't because they were incapable of selling. It wasn't because they were incapable of managing. It's because they just would, did not follow through. They did not have a good game plan. They did not execute. And those little things, the things that are to cause the fear of the procrastination, backed up on them to the point where it blew up. It blows up in your face. And it, it, I've seen it happen dozens of times. And every yeah. single time it could have been avoided. Mm -hmm. I think that's true for almost anybody. Mm -hmm. If you actually take a good, honest look at the last thing that went wrong, there's a lot of things that you could have done sure. had you been more proactive. Mm -hmm. And I think that's that's a good way to to to, to leave this episode too. Is it's, mm -hmm. it's just that proactivity. Yes. You know, if we're talking about what makes good project management, mm -hmm. especially in 2021, mm -hmm. it, it's just a few buckets of things. Mm -hmm. It's good planning good organization, good communication, good transparency, and above all else, empathy. Because everyone, the whole world is upside down right now. Everything is difficult with everything and everyone. So we gotta we gotta understand like it's it's just it's it's weird right now and we it gotta is. deal with it. But it's weird for everyone. So let's just be honest and we're doing our best. No doubt. Very good. Anything you want to add? No, I think we covered that very well. Thank you so much for uh, for having me on. I'm really uh Always great to see you. I'm really thankful that you uh, you made the time to join us today. I, I put together three pages of notes here, but basically we created a list of notes <laughs> for lists and notes. Right. So very appropriate way to uh, to run through this. Agreed. Show. Agreed. <laughs> All right, Kevin. Uh, if people want to reach out to you, ask you questions, pick your brain on things, mm -hmm. you have years and years and years of experience. You're, mm -hmm. you're a very useful ally for anyone in the industry. What's the best way to uh, get in touch with you? Realistically, by you can email me directly, K-A-Moore, M-O-O-R-E, C as in Carol, L as in landscaping, at gmail.com, Kevin Carol Lamb on Instagram or Facebook. Preferably Instagram. I check that more regularly. And I believe it. It's, I think it's at Kevin Carol Lamb on Twitter, I believe. Perfect. But any of the above. But yeah, I mean, and I'll tell you, it's I'm, I'm happy to try and be helpful if I can. Mm-hmm. Oh, you, you've made that so just in the, the time that I've known you, every time we're, we're talking, you're always talking about things that are plaguing the industry and what we should be doing. So I think that that's a, that's a, a great quality to have. And I always appreciate these uh, these conversations. We don't have them frequently enough, but every mm -hmm. time we do, 
I, I take something good away from it. So thank you very much. I guess I'll see you at uh, one of our hardscaper events coming up this winter. I hope so. I'm looking forward to it. Well, we're we're planning on it. King so. of Russia, get together with Sean and you and Pete and yeah. see everybody. Yeah. Have a big old party. Yeah. All right, guys. That's it for this week. Kevin, once again, thank you very much. And until next time, everyone, work hard, pave harder, and be proactive so we can stay ahead of all this madness. That's right. Have a good one. This episode is brought to you by TechoBlock. For over 30 years, TechoBlock has been transforming outdoor spaces into inspiring artscapes. Our endless innovation has resulted in the industry's widest range of pavers, slabs, walls, caps, edging, steps, and outdoor living features. Visit TechoBlock.com or follow us on Instagram at TechoBlock to discover why our products are the choice of the most creative contractors and designers in the game. TechoBlock. We live to create. You've been listening to Hardscape Growth, a podcast for business leaders in the trenches. To ensure you never miss an episode, please subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you use Apple Podcasts, we'd love for you to give us a quick rating for the show. Just tap the number of stars you think the podcast deserves. Until next time, work hard and pave harder.